Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, holy shit, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We got your money in the bank recap. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan have already reportedly, reportedly, reportedly been signed to AEW. John Cena makes his big return. Nikki Ash cashes in her money in the bank already. Night two of Fighter Fest. And Jeff Hardy won the NXT belt on Raw. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band of Ringside podcast. Why they had that man come out there with that title and have him get squashed like that? That ain't even right. I've been thinking about that since it happened. Jesus I've been thinking about Christ. that joke. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band of Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy. A.K.A. Papa Bongo. <laughs> that's my dog. I don't know if you knew this. I have a kid that's pretty close to being here. And sitting right across from me in South St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'll go always to bow our heads as we read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 215, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good for smart said, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Um, I won't even say it's an interesting week this week. It is a loaded fucking week of wrestling. It started with SmackDown with the fans coming back. Slammiversary, Money in the Bank, Raw afterwards, Fighter Fest on Wednesday, NXT on Tuesday. This was literally a week where... It, there was no New Japan to kind of throw in the mix, and it still felt like this was a loaded fucking week of wrestling to I, talk about. I can't think of another week that we've had that has more news than this week. So In and out of the ring. In and out of the ring. So, listen, when you say, give me 30 seconds, I'm going to need you to just give me 30, 30 seconds. Because I know that your 30 seconds is like three and a half, four minutes, something like that. Give I, or take, yeah, depending on how fast I talk. Get your notes out. Get, no, I'm ready, ready man. No, I'm ready, baby. Uh, like I said, we're coming at you from steamy South St. Louis. It is fucking hot still. I know I say it every week. Fucking bummer that Zach isn't here. Zach would have so much to say about this. <sighs> this and he would bring his, what shall we say, his unique perspective right. to this podcast. But... He's going to be back with us soon, and soon enough, I'm going to have to take a couple weeks off. The baby's almost here, and then it's going to be you and Zach, and then you're going to get your fill of Zach. No shit. Plenty of cum jokes and whatever else kind of jokes he tells. My racial jokes, his cum jokes, it's going to be a a great week. You guys remember Zach. Uh, Listen, like I told you, we have a baby on the way, so buy some Bill's Beard Company. Go Mm -hmm. ahead and hit me up at BFR Bill on Twitter. We got Bill's Beard Bomb. Beard oil, beard shampoo, bath bombs, shower bombs. Hit me up on at BFR Bill on Twitter, and we'll ship anywhere throughout the globe for free. He's done it before. He'll do I've it done again. It before. I did it before. Uh, I did it this week. Uh, Look at you, baller. Let's, without further ado, let's get to that three count. Yeah, let's do this shit. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. <laughs> Man, where do we start? Where do you start? I know. Um, we didn't say where exactly we wanted to start, so let's start outside of the ring first because I think that's probably the most interesting, yeah, the most interesting um, st- story of the week. So, obviously, 
Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, has been a free agent for quite some time, and there has been scuttlebutt from last week's episode, a word of the day, um, scuttlebutt of him going to AEW. So we've talked about this before on this podcast, you know, whether or not we thought he was going to AEW. I personally didn't necessarily give this too much of a a thought. I'm a firm believer that in this scenario, it's something to be said about being comfortable and knowing what WWE brings to you and all this other good stuff with changes on the way. I thought it would behoove Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, to stay in WWE. Apparently, that's not the case. That's not what he thought. The scuttlebutt, once again, um, it has not been confirmed, so we are going with a rumor on this, but I think it's very interesting to talk about because this rumor has gained a lot of steam as of the last 12 hours, give or take, where you have certain sources that won't confirm it, but are pretty much on the edge of saying that he has signed uh, with AEW, he being Daniel Bryanson. Uh, Dan- <laughs> no, just, we know what you meant. I guess here's the question. If he has signed with AEW, yes. what, what is first for Daniel Bryan? Does he, do we have him in the States? Does he go over to Japan like the rumor is is that the deal that's the deal breaker of him coming back to WWE is that Vince will not allow him to go to New Japan. Meltzer and, said, and Meltzer is the guy when it comes. I mean, you could hate him or love him. He's one of the guys. He no, he's one of the guys. There's like two or three guys I look for. There's Sean Meltzer's Ross, one. Sean Ross, Sapp, yeah, uh, Ryan Satin. Those yeah. those are guys that you look to. Dave Meltzer is probably 20 years older than both those guys. I mean, he, he's, no. been, he's been doing it for a lot longer. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm just saying. Dave Meltzer's the guy that invented the star rating. Dave Meltzer's the guy that, listen, I'm, I'm not even, I don't even like him that much, but he is, he's kind of the guy that you go to. He's kind of like the Adam Schefter okay. of wrestling. Okay? Fair enough. Is that fair? He has said that it's a done deal, that AEW has signed Brian Danielson, and that the big, that Brian Danielson showed a lot of, Loyalty towards WWE, but ultimately, it was a deal breaker where, like you said, he could work in New Japan. That's a huge deal for you and I. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Huge deal for Zach Pullman. Certainly. Um, This is about as exciting as it gets. And I don't want to steal your thunder, but I think I don't want to. I don't think that we can talk about. Daniel, Brian Danielson, I know it's hard to do, right. right? I don't think we can talk about Brian Danielson joint. Well, you know what? Let's just do that. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just say for if shits and giggles, he's, he signed with AEW. What what are we doing with Daniel Bryanson? Or <laughs> uh, I know. Brian Danielson. It's fucking impossible. Um, I would, I mean, I know what. I wouldn't put him immediately with Kenny Omega. No. Um, I would probably put him in some kind of, well, you know, maybe him and Miro. Maybe him and Miro. I can go with that. That's a start. Maybe he takes the uh, TNT title. The TNT title from Miro and would make Miro look like a million fucking dollars doing it, obviously, because he's 
still at his advanced age of 38 or 39, he's still, I guess, here, if not the best wrestler going, one of the best Here's Here's, going. I guess, the better question when it comes to the AEW, WWE, quote-unquote, war. Would you make, would you book him at any point being the champion? Of course. You have to. I mean, he's, if, if, if Dan, if Daniel Bryanson, that's, fuck it, that's why I'm just, I'm just calling him that from now on. <laughs> We just mashed both names together. Fuck it. If he becomes a part of AEW at any point in the near future and you start putting him on TV, then, of, yeah, you have to put the belt on him. If, if you are, if you want to compete in the real way with WWE, which AEW is on the verge of anyway, when you look at WWE ratings, not necessarily... Not necessarily WWE merchandise sales and shit like that. But if we're just talking about ratings, then, of course, you got to put in the main event picture. Yes. I mean. No, no. But not, that's that's different than being the champion. I'm talking yeah, about. The, of course. Yeah. Put the belt on him. Okay. Now, you don't have to put the belt on him immediately. You can have Don Callis, who made me laugh out loud literally 15 times a day while I was watching Slammiversary. Put him in a, you know, and he can cut a fuck, and Daniel Bryan can cut a promo like. Nobody's business, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's an A-plus promo. He really is. Yeah, you got to put him there. And, you know, I apologize to all the guys on the AEW roster that have been building that way. But when Daniel Bryan, a rising tide floats all boats. You gotta make Daniel Bryan champion sooner rather than later, even on top of Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega is not as well known to American audiences as Daniel Bryan is. And putting Kenny Omega and also Daniel Bryan can do heel or babyface both so well. And even WWE crowds who aren't as savvy as AEW crowds, I think we can say that with a straight face. <laughs> I just had this argument even, today. Even WWE crowds will flip on Daniel Bryan once he turns heel because Our, he's it's so, already happening. Because he's so fucking good at it. I'm just talking about oh, okay. kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. I'm saying if he's in ring and he decides to flip heel, right? I mean, him and Kenny Omega are both so good, they could do a double flip Easily, easily. Double switch easily. So, easily. yes. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I like the fact that the guys that they brought over so far, Christian, um, Andrade, fill in the blanks, are guys that – Andrade is the one that they brought over so far that I can see at some point being the champion. And I wouldn't have – Miro, too. I can see that as well. I like the fact that they haven't thrust them right into the title picture. As long as they don't do the same thing with Daniel Bryan and just kind of ease him in, I'll be okay with totally it. Totally different and animal, though. I'm not saying it's a totally different animal. I agree with the fact that Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, who we're going to talk about here in a second, both could be game changers. I'm not going to sit up here and disagree with that. I just like... Personally, me personally, I like the fact that they're easing them into it versus our usual argument with WWE is if you 
bring in Goldberg just for the example because he showed up on Monday night. He's already thrusted into the title picture. He doesn't have to jump any hoops. He doesn't have to do anything. Sure. Okay, that to me is the difference, and that's why I like the AEW style just a little bit better than the WWE style. That's fair enough, but I think that you're kind of underplaying how big of a signing Brian Danielson or CM Punk would be. Now, we can bring CM Punk into the conversation right. now because it's also been rumored in the last couple hours. Now, this is, I mean, I was sitting at a stoplight in St. Charles when I read this shit that it's being reported that CM Punk is very close to a deal with AEW if he hasn't already signed, signed one. Yeah. So, <sighs> if you put Ryan Danielson and CM Punk. Which he couldn't be CM Punk at, in AEW, I think. Is he good? I thought WWE owned the uh, the rights to it. Well, he was seeing Punk way before WWE, though. Good point. Doesn't matter. No, let's Doesn't, just uh, let's just no, let's just say let's just say he's CM Punk. Fine. If if they're both signed by AEW, then we are talking about a, a, a sea change in the wrestling in the wrestling uh, landscape. Just, because yeah. all of a sudden they are. They feel more legitimate because these are guys that... Not more legitimate. They're fucking fearsome. No, no, no. Let's just hang on. They they feel more legit just because for those that are not like us, that are casual fans, that remember CM Punk and or Daniel Bryan from the WWE days, if you tell them, hey, these guys are on this show on this night... That's going to – the thought, at least the hope, that those eyes will at least start to move over to this night where they're going to be on, and then you can kind of go from there. The biggest problem, I think, is that we're trying to the, – I guess the goal is – better choice of words. The goal is to grow the audience. So bringing in Miro, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, I get all that and all good moves. My worry is now that you get them – what do you do with them? Okay, so let me ask you this, because you and I could belabor the point for hours. hours. If they get Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and they're both on AEW, and they're with the Young Bucks and Moxley and Omega and Adam Page and Death Triangle and Eddie Kingston... And all these guys. Andrade. If I didn't say him, I meant to. No, trust me. I'm just, just, I'm over here like Jesus, yeah. If you have all those guys at the top to mid card, and that's a a pretty good mix of WWE castaways, for better or for worse, guys that got sick of doing whatever WWE does. Or contract was expired, whatever. And all these indie darlings. Right. You know, like. Penta and fucking Phoenix and Pat Darby and Allen. all these guys and Darby Allen and all these guys. Lance Archer, Lance Archer, a big night the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, you remember the uh, the bet for that? No, do I owe you money? No. Do you owe me money? No. You lost said bet, but we'll talk about that in a second. If you put all these guys at the mid to top card on AEW, and you put them all there for a year, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and all the rest of those guys, because CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are the two biggest free agents out there, by far. On the men's side, for sure. I can't think of any, anybody else 
Tessa Blanchard is the one that I keep waiting to get signed, and that's obviously on the women's side. But they're, I mean, the only bigger Brock Lesnar. I was going to say Brock Lesnar. The only bigger signing that you could have is Brock Lesnar, and I'm not even sure. That's a completely different conversation. Yeah, we could could go on for another. Yeah, that's another rabbit hole. Let's let's leave it here. (laughs) Can you see them selling out Madison Square Garden? Easy, easy. They're getting ready to. Can you see them doing a like a WrestleMania style? Event with fifty thousand super people card, in it? yeah. The super card where um, they did it, I guess it was 2019. It was, um, well, it would have been AEW essentially, Ring of Honor in New Japan. They basically did uh, the Madison Square Garden show the weekend of WrestleMania. I think that was 2019. Well, then that, my friend, is a challenger, and uh, that's that's big time, yeah. I think if you if you could figure this out and do this a year from now, because obviously COVID is going to play some issues and, you know, travel restrictions and all this other shit a year from now, if you can sign CM Punk and Daniel Bryan right now, a year from now, you can have a monster ass show where you can have ring of honor, a, a second super card of, of guys across the board where you can have AEW legit AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, who wasn't there the first time around. You can have those four promotions for sure. Maybe uh, AAA as the fifth, and then just go absolutely bonkers with a super card that could rival something that WWE I mean, does. You don't even need the last two promotions that you even mentioned. You don't even fucking need Impact, really. Uh, well, we'll, I won't we'll, say we'll that. Get, we'll I won't that say later. that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think you proved my point. We got to keep it moving, like yeah. I said. Yeah, let's I want to. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about. Let's get to that, too, count. One, two, three. All right. Two count was the Money in the Bank pay per view that happened on Sunday night. Uh, I got mixed up in some Twitter shit. I don't know how you do it all the time. Dude, I saw that. <laughs> you want me to start with that? Motherfucker. <laughs> You want me to start with that? Please. All right. So the Usos, uh, they they win the belts, right? Yeah. Who who they win the belts off? Oh, the the uh, Mysterios and the uh, the pre show. Which yeah. I was, I'll just say this: this is the matches. That I, I loved. I loved everything about pretty much everything about this WWE pay per view. It which, was good. Which to me says a lot. It was an A pay per view. It was just for WWE for any standard. I'll just go with that for any standard. This was an an A minus. Dare I say an A show? Just for the simple Agreed. fact of how what you did with the surprises, how you made certain people as you know money in the bank winners, and then you know swerves here and there. I thought this was so well done. It didn't feel like three and a half hours. I looked up. It was ten o'clock, and we were in the main event. I'm like, damn. Okay, shit. Let's keep this shit rolling. So in that scenario, I have to agree with you. This was really well done for Sunday night. So it starts off with the Usos winning, and Jimmy Uso got his third DUI a few nights prior, right? Or was it like a week uh, it was prior? like a week ago? Yeah, it was the week before. So he gets his third DUI, and I am against my better judgment. I got the pay-per-view on. I'm just laying on the couch. I'm not drinking. I'd been drinking a little bit before, but I wasn't by any means. I thought you were totally drinking. <laughs> well, I was, I, like, I have the vision in my I, head of, I, of you on the phone with, with beer to your right. Just I, just I like, had been drinking before. I had been drinking before, but I had stopped drinking. I had already gotten my jack-in-the-box. Once my jack-in-the-box is there, I'm done drinking. Okay. I'm just 
I'm on the couch chilling. No, I ain't mad at you shit. Far from it. And so, like, wrestling Twitter is just a bunch of fucking cops, man. Just so <laughs> many fucking cops. Because the Usos win. Jimmy gets his, uh, his third DUI a week ago. They win, and everybody says, ooh, I guess Vince just... Uh, he just rewards Jimmy for getting his DUI. It's like, hey, motherfucker, Vince ain't his dad. It's not, a, it has nothing to do with the DUI. Who knows what happened behind the scenes? Who knows what Vince said to him? Who knows if Vince said anything to him? What the fuck is it your guy's business? And then everybody says, oh, I guess you're pro-drunk driving. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm not pro-drunk driving. I'm just not privy to the situation Agreed. backstage, and it's none of my fucking business. You fucking pussy cops. Every single one of you. I hate it. Go to BFR, Bill, to see the thread. It's an amazing thread. Oh, I got blo- I mean, you... I- I, I, I mean, drop maybe, in every now and then. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe oh my. <laughs> maybe you'll be able to see that Deadspin writer, David Bixon Span, who I always liked and I always respected, and then he started fucking sicking his dogs on me. It's like, fuck you, dude, and fuck your fucking minions. It's yeah, fucking that a quote, wrestling. That quote, tweet, that quote tweet can get the dogs out there real fast, oh, real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah, it can. I fuck mean, you, David Bixon Span. I mean, it, bitch. it wasn't like uh, motherfucking Mark, you know, when he did the uh, the AEW spam, but it, it felt like it was starting to pick up a little speed <laughs> when Blood Girl Raven was like, hey, you see what's going over here? I was like, yes, I do. Oh, and then the fucking <laughs> dork fucking blocks me, like, as soon as he gets it. And, like, hey, motherfucker, you block me and then you talk shit about me? Right. I have three other Twitter, Twitter accounts. accounts. <laughs> I'll find you, motherfucker. <laughs> he blocked the other one, too, you fucking dork. Oh, that's amazing. Anyway, my biggest takeaway from this right. is that drunk driving is good. <laughs> Everybody should try it. Fucking dorks. You uh, ain't shit. My biggest takeaway was that uh, Biggie won the money in the bank. And John Cena returned. Okay, I was getting ready to say, come on. Which one of those is bigger? <sighs> it's John Cena, and I don't even like John Cena, okay? Didn't you, didn't you know, though, that when the Money in the Bank wasn't on last, you had to know John Cena was coming back, right? Well, that was the rumor. That and Goldberg, it was just, you know, how you were going to make it play itself out. Now, that being said, was I surprised? No, but, I mean, they played it to where, you know, you had, in my opinion, Another really good Roman Reigns match, better one of the better ones he's had. You know, we could rank him at some point. It was be, fucking dope. Yeah, it was great. No, no, I saw some people like, oh, it's boring, it's boring. I'm like, okay, look, you guys. I mean, this is what Roman Reigns has done in the Thunderdome and now outside of the Thunderdome. If you don't like Roman Reigns at this point, I don't know what to tell Listen, you. I mean, damn. This is the last I'll talk about wrestling Twitter, but this is all wrestling Twitter is is. Person A yelling at person B, everybody's overreacting but me. <laughs> and then person B saying to person A, listen, everybody's overreacting but me. It's like, it was a good fucking match, It man. was really good. And I, Roman Reigns is all character. He's right. Not, he's it's not, not... That's Okay, that's where I think my problem is. It's because Roman Reigns is more so great character, good wrestler. And that story that they already had coming in played itself out in the ring. I'm not, I mean, you're not, you're asking for either to have it like this or to have Roman Reigns completely 
change how he is, how his character is, how he wrestles. He's not going to be doing no ricochet type shit. This is just who he is. And I thought they played this so really well. You brought Seth Rollins into the mix. The Usos got cut off at the pass. I mean, I don't understand what people are complaining about at this point. This and Kenny Omega are the two biggest stories in professional wrestling right now you have one of the two and you are still complaining i do not understand what the fucking problem is Listen. this was another good fucking match and they're only going to get better because john cena's on deck and up. you have now you have a completely different Roman Reigns than the first time around. That Roman Reigns, we were on this podcast when that Roman Reigns met that John Cena and that John Cena ate his lunch. Yeah, Every fucking did. turn, they was on a, it, was a, oh, it was a promo. And yeah. I just, I was cringing because I was like, oh, what are you going to say this week? Oh, yeah, what are you going to say this week? stumbled over his words. Yeah, it was just like, damn, you know, come on, Roman. It kind of mean. Yeah, but it, it just reinforced John Cena's point. I wouldn't have to come back if you were doing your job. And now Roman Reigns is doing his fucking job. He is the biggest star in WWE. And now it comes full circle. I, hate, I am all in for this match. I hate to agree with Jason. I'm also on in, all in on this match. Um, the return pop was massive. And, it, you know, every motherfucker that was out there trying to argue. And I don't want this to be a straw man thing. But I did see people on Twitter saying the Thunderdome's better, and maybe it's a bunch of maybe it's a bunch of Vince, like maybe it's like Kevin Durant out there with a bunch yeah, of burners, but, yeah. Or me <laughs> talking to David Bix's fan, you fucking bitch. Okay, find me in St. Louis. I'll okay. kill you. Yeah, I'm about to say you would you wouldn't last five minutes in St. Louis. <laughs> we'll drop uh, you over here by my house. <laughs> Put but, him on the corner. <laughs> what happened? Oh, get his wallet. Get his wallet. But I forgot what I was saying. That the Twitter, uh, the uh, Thunderdome was better. Oh, people saying the Thunderdome is better. That's so absolutely stupid. nonsense. It's so stupid. Maybe Vince liked it better for a little while, but the crowd being there and the crowd popping for John Cena was a moment. That's a moment. Well, the crowd popping all night long, good, bad, or indifferent. When they loved the Sh- Alexa Bliss, and then they died when she started doing hocus pocus shit. When Charlotte, when they were chanting, we want Becky, and Charlotte threw up the double bird or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... You know, by the end of that same match, there's chanting, you know, this this is awesome. So, I mean, this, I have a, I don't even necessarily have a problem with those who like the Thunderdome. That is what it is. It's wrestling. It's subjective. Maybe, you you know, you like something that I don't. So be it. I'm just saying your opinion is wrong. I'll just go like this. When you have those natural generic reactions i was curious how fans were going to react to roman reigns john morrison was so fucking over in that match at one point i you know it it could have been conceivable that he won ricochet has been the the shit bird of the iwc for a hot minute he was getting you know so much love on shit that he does all the fucking time let's let's stick on edge and roman reigns and we'll go to the men's money in the back bank real fast this was a legit, very good match, if not a great match. One of the better ones of because the, the story Reigns. they told, and because you knew Seth Rollins was going to get involved. Like if you've been paying attention, they've been setting it up for Seth Rollins versus Edge at SummerSlam, which is a match. They did it right before the match, where he was getting ready to freak the fuck out. Well, they also did it on SmackDown Down, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. But like again, 
I try to think of myself, and this is not me being a WWE apologist, but like I try to think of myself like a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. Like, wouldn't you like to see Seth Rollins versus Edge? Yes, of course I would. So now I'm psyched for it. Like, I do want to see that match. I think that Seth Rollins is that great. I think that Edge is that great. And that's a match I want to see. And they did the one thing that I, I asked them to do is that you had to remind the WWE universe how the fact that Seth had Edge in a, a compromising spot, I could have stomped your ass out, and I didn't. So, you know, you you at least owe me this much because me, you, I could have ended you seven years ago. Let me do my Jason Bell impression. Make it make sense. <laughs> as long as it makes sense. <laughs> That's all I fucking ask, okay? Uh, and it made sense. It was connecting the dots, and I thought it was done really well. Oh, for sure. It was done really well. And then we have, um, so let's talk about Big E winning the briefcase uh, in a a brutal match, a brutal match <laughs> full of a lot, like, full of a lot of guys that are at the top of the card. My MVP for this match, as you might expect, was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens took some crazy bumps in this the bump, shit. The bump on the uh, the, the bump ladder. on the ladder outside yeah. was especially gnarly. Yeah, but he was taking bumps from point A to point B. I'm very happy with Big E winning. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the one. Even though I picked Drew, and I picked Drew just because it was a safe bet. Big E is the one that makes the most since moving forward uh orton hasn't come back we on both raw had biggie at number two though. okay that's what i was gonna say orton coming back on raw i think has them them being rk bro tag you know tied to aj and almost if they're gonna really do biggie can go after either champion as champions stand right now it's so fucking intriguing him versus Bobby Lashley, I mean, you know, and we'll talk about Bobby Lashley and Kofi in a second. I think that would be a scenario where you would have two of the bigger guys in WWE going after the title now, whether he pull, whether Big E pulls the Nikki Ash uh, route of going the surprise route or just calling his shot. That's another story for another time, but I think that match would be intriguing. The match I think everybody kind of, you know, kind of wants to see is Big E versus Roman Reigns. And I don't disagree with that. I would love to see that. I just think right now, I think there's still more of Roman Reigns' story to tell. If, if they're going to break the record of Brock Lesnar of 500-whatever days, as combined WWE champion or go after CM Punk's 400-some-odd days, that means that, you know, Roman Reigns is going to have to win and, and continue to win. That's going through WrestleMania and then some. But then, you know, with Survivor Series, you'll have whoever the WWE champion is. You know, if, as it stands right now, that's Bobby Lashley. Like I said last week, him and Bobby Lashley, I think, would be a great match. That's where I think if Big E cashed it in on Bobby Lashley, that's where I think you can get Big E versus Roman Reigns, where you can have that match that everybody kind of wants. It's for not even for the title, but for bragging rights, you know, brand supremacy, quote unquote. You can go that route and still get that match. Well, there's a couple of different ways you can go with this. Did you 
mention that Big E and John Cena used to be weightlifting buddies? <laughs> I did not get to that. Because apparently they were pals. Like, they used to hang out. They used to, yeah, they texted each other. They always used to work out together. Big E has the John Cena seal of approval. Yes, and also Big E's favorite wrestler when he was growing up, Goldberg. Hmm. So, I could see him fighting any four of the current champions or their challengers at SummerSlam. What I hope happens, and this is my sincere hope, and I know he's a baby face, and baby faces don't tend to, at least in the last few years, don't tend to keep the money in the bank briefcase for very long. I just want it to last a little while, man. Just draw some drama out of it. We already had Nikki Ash cash in Monday night on Charlotte. Now, listen, Charlotte can't be the 17-time women's champ unless she loses the championship 16 times. That being said, I don't want both money in the banks to be out of play within a month. I want... I want the money in the bank to go till Christmas, man. That's that's where the money in the bank is fun when they play with it a little bit because it's such a great storytelling advice or storytelling device, I right. should say. It's so cool. I'm very happy with uh, Biggie winning it, though. Yeah, I think uh, that was the right move. Nikki Ash wins. Nikki Ash cashes in on Charlotte. We'll go into our Raw a little bit. Um, uh, okay. Um. And that's not a knock against Nikki Ash. I just I don't like the way that the the match finished where you have these six women fighting amongst themselves where Alexa Bliss is buried underneath ladders and Nikki Ash all of a sudden just kind of sneaks up and wins. I don't I don't have a problem with who won it. I have a problem with how she won it. She's going to make a lot more money now because her character is going to sell a lot of T-shirts yeah. and sell a lot of uh, Igar or I, you know, whatever capes or whatever the case yeah. may be. So yeah. then, you know, ultimately that's going to be great on her. And like I was having this argument earlier, Charlotte helps that happen because Charlotte takes the pin, whether you like Charlotte or not, that's elevating Nikki Ash. I don't care how you want to slice it or dice it. Uh, we can do money in the bank and raw here uh, because let's do it. We They're can, all tied in. Well, we can talk about it because Bobby Lashley beats Kobe Kingston. Woof. And what was basically a glorified squash. Oof. This was what I would want to wanted to see if Lesnar and Kofi Kingston actually wasn't a straight up squash. That was a Lesnar and Kofi was a straight up squash. This was a squash match, if that makes any bit of a difference. I mean, at least Kofi had a little offense. You know, the the former match, you looked up, you blinked, that match was over. This match at least lasted a little bit to where the fans were really legitimately invested in Kofi. Maybe we're going to see Kofi Mania Part 2. You know, I felt a little goosebumps. You know, they're chanting Kofi. You know, New Day, New Day rocks. You know, I'm coming in. And Bobby Lashley's music came in. And that whole thing basically changed from that point on. Bobby Lashley whooped Kofi like he owed some money to his grandmama. And it was a straight-up beatdown. The best way that you could have finished that storyline from where Kofi was and Xavier were saying, Bobby Lashley soft? No, I ain't soft, dog. I just whooped your ass in like eight minutes. So uh, we'll move into Raw real fast before we get into Raw because there's no way to talk about Bobby Lashley winning this. 
without finishing with Goldberg comes in. Well, no, no, let's not bury the lead. Well, I guess that is the lead. Keith Lee was there, I guess. We, we got to throw that out there, too. Um, Keith Lee comes out and uh, suffers another extended squash. I don't care what you call it. I am not. Listen, I'm not a WWE hater. Uh, I watched a lot of wrestling Twitter this week, and people are going crazy in both directions. It's kind of indicative <laughs> of our country. You know what I mean, Jason? It's like, it's like there's the red, there's the blue. Like the red being the people that are assholes and the Stop blue it. being the people that are assholes. And <laughs> it's me in the middle being like, oh, well, I'm lefter than all of you. Why are uh, you pulling me? Gathering my thoughts. Goldberg should not be in this fucking match. This is this is frustrating to me. And the re- I don't know why they keep bringing him back. I don't know if... It's not that hard. I don't try to get... I don't try to get inside Vince's brain, which we'll get to later when mm-hmm. I when we get the carrying cross. But I don't know what Vince versus Bobby or Vince. What I'd rather see Vince versus Bobby Lashley. I don't know what Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley is supposed to do for anybody. For me, it's it's probably two things, and they probably said it first off on um, on Raw Monday night against in the uh, the Keith Lee match. Um, they were, you know, putting Bobby Lashley over, you know, he's fought this guy, that guy, you know, legends, blah, blah, blah. You know, they said Goldberg's name. And then once they said Goldberg's name, I was like, okay, he's definitely coming out. So that all that meant to me was, number one, Keith Lee was going to lose, and number two, Goldberg's coming out. Why this is happening, because that to me with WWE, especially post money in the bank, is Why? Why this? Why that? Why Goldberg? I'm sure he's still under contract, number one, so you're going to have to pay this motherfucker in some form or fashion, okay? If this is a scenario where, fingers crossed, he, you know, folds to Bobby Lashley within five minutes, I'm all for it. Cut cut this man his check and keep him moving. Five minutes. Look, and I'm being nice. Two, we're talking about selling out the Allegiant Stadium, okay? I'm not sure what the... uh, the capacity of Allegiant Stadium is, I'm sure it's past 50,000. So you're going to have to get, even if it's matches that aren't great, but you're going to have to still have matches that make this card, in this case SummerSlam, feel like a loaded fucking card. If there was somebody else that I thought immediately that could take the place of Goldberg, I would say it. Right now, Bobby Lashley has started to kind of beat down that side of the heavyweight division. Orton, and then and this is guys that I'm I'm just throwing shit out there because it's guys that I haven't seen him defend the title at. Randy Orton is obviously the first one that's coming off the top of my head. AJ is the first one coming off the top of my head. But these are heels. So you you're running, I guess here's the bigger problem. You're running out of top name baby faces to put against Bobby Lashley. You can throw Goldberg in as long as you do it right and have Goldberg lose, you're fine. You can and you can move on from there. But you can sell a title match heel versus heel. You can't. I'm not saying you couldn't. I'm just saying in this scenario, it's it's chess, it's not checkers. We're just trying to sell this motherfucker out. 
Goldberg is you saw how that you saw how fucking that fucking stadium erupted when he came out. It was stupid. People it was just, stupid. People are just excited. The, okay. They're excited to be back. Okay. And they just they showed it for Goldberg. Goldberg's not going to be there week to week to week all the way up to SummerSlam. He'll be you there know. maybe once or twice. Yeah. And I then know. that'll be fine. That's all you need. Ultimately, as long as Goldberg puts Bobby Lashley over, this will not even be an issue when we talk about the beefers this time in uh, January. Okay, so let's stick with Raw then. Uh, we had Cena come out first. Cena clearly hasn't missed a beat. He is nah. he's still Cena. He's nah. still doing his black preacher thing, which... Stop. Uh, no, that's what he does. He, he acts like he's a black preacher. He acts like he's fucking Jesse Jackson circa 1984 <laughs> running for president. I have never heard well, this take before. I swear to God, I've never heard you have to say this take before. This is absolutely How many amazing. episodes have we done together? 215. And how many conversations <laughs> did we have before the I podcast? Think, oh, my God. This oh, is the- we're coming back <laughs> to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Jesus will help us. Jesus will help us. Put your faith in Jesus. You ain't shit, dog. Man, what I'm about he does, to die. Man, it's so stupid. I fucking it, it. It. Listen, I I was watching Raw when they. So you're not excited for John Cena to come back? I'm assuming. Uh, no, I'm not. I I got to be honest. Like, I'm not. Like, I am spoiled by much better wrestling and much better promos than John Cena has to offer. Like. I know that people are excited to see John Cena back. And listen, if I was at that show and John Cena's music played, I wouldn't have reacted, but I might have smiled. Whatever, motherfucker. No, we'd have have did with, you know, the elbow bump because we'd have been standing next to each other. We'd have bumped each other like, oh, shit, oh, shit. (laughs) Listen. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know how this works. Listen, listen. listen. Let me talk for 30 seconds. (laughs) You got 30 seconds. Go. John Cena has never been my favorite. He, like, every time he does good work, like him versus AJ or him versus Punk, like when he does really good work, him versus Owens was really good, you know? That is always an outlier to me because John Cena was so omnipresent when he was on the show that I just got so sick of him. And as long as he puts Roman over at SummerSlam then I'm good with it. I don't need all the weeks in between now and SummerSlam to have John Cena come out and do his John Cena thing. I gave, Okay, that part I, I totally get. But to me, that is... I told you before, in this room, on this podcast, that he made me want to see F9 less. <laughs> I still haven't seen that shit. I get what you're saying, especially the part about the week to week where that's where I think the John Cena. He's just so dorky, man. Okay, that's where I think the John Cena fatigue will set in. And I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't, you know, get up and mark the fuck out when he came out when he came out on Sunday night. But I was like, okay, I yeah. basically just raised my eyebrows. I was, I was like, like, okay, mm-hmm. I, you know, doing it. Okay, what's I was up, motherfucker? Snyder's honey mustard and <laughs> onion pretzels. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> come on down here. What's happening? What you getting ready to do? And that's the only. That's the. If there's a handful of negatives on Sunday night, that was one of the big ones. I'm just. I'm just. No, I'm just. No, I'm saying for me. When you have Cena 
one of the biggest stars post Rock in Austin versus Roman Reigns, at least in that, you know, little stare off. Man, you got to let that shit ride, man. I mean, I don't care if you got to see exactly how, how they closed that show was so anticlimactic. It was just like, ugh, it made my heart feel sick. So that's my own, like, all one that, of my few negatives about that. All that matters was the pop. No, and, then, get, and then Monday night, I, I know that. I know that you're not arguing with that, but that's all Agreed. that mattered. No, I agree. And then when he came out Monday night, once it, again, it was fine. No, Riddle, Riddle came down. He gave a little bit of rub to Riddle. At least he didn't fucking bury Riddle like he usually likes to bury guys as as soon as he comes back. He likes to bury guys. We're gonna skip a bunch of shit. We're not gonna talk about Riddle. And, oh. Uh, here is our segment of the night. Shit, we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about Riddle and Viking Raiders versus AJ, AJ Omos and Morrison. We're not going to talk about Riker and Elias in the Symphony of Destruction match, which the crowd seemed to eat up, but the crowd gets hyped. You've been there. They hype them up. Uh, we're not going to talk about Mansoor and Ali tagging together next week because obviously that's Vince. Just saying, oh, here's two brown guys. Let's put them together. <laughs> you ain't shit. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> you ain't shit. We're not going to talk about Nia Jax and Reginald, uh, or Nia Jax, Shane Baszler, and Reginald uh, being broke up. No, Reggie got the uh, the 24-7 title. Go ahead, Reggie. I see you, dog. STL in the house. We're not going to talk about the 24-7 title. No, uh, STL's in the house. As long as Reggie's got 24-7 title. yeah, STL. STL's in the house. There you go. Uh, Sheamus versus Umberto Carrillo in what they are now calling a championship contenders match, which is just <laughs> WWE's way of saying... This is a non-title match. Right. That's all it is. <laughs> say, hey, guess what? Rocky won this one, too. <laughs> Uh, Lashley versus Keith Lee. I kind of didn't like how they did Keith Lee, but Keith Dirty. Lee, uh, Keith Lee also seemed kind of blown up after about four minutes. <sighs> like he might not be in that good of shape, which might go back to what I said a long, long time ago about Keith go. Lee. He might be a little too big. Okay. And Murray, Murray yelled at me and well, Zach didn't yell at me. And you kind of yelled at me because I said that Keith Lee was a, uh, not that I'm keeping receipts or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, the only thing we missing is the date on this motherfucker. Keith, I'll just, Keith Lee might be a little too big to wrestle sometimes. He is a big dude and I'm not trying to body shame anybody, but the dude is fat. Okay. Let me be the, uh, the voice of reason for he 30 can move. seconds. Number one. If the COVID, um, I guess, accusations, for lack of a better term, if he had COVID, then I'm going to give him a pass on that. If he didn't have COVID and they sat him down on the bench since January, he wasn't at the Royal Rumble. And that was one of our biggest takeaways from the Royal Rumble. That, that was Keith, one of our big predictions. That yeah. Keith Lee was not there. So he hasn't wrestled in damn near six months. And you expect him to come out and have a five-star, a four-star, no. three-and-a-half? I two. mean, yeah. Just a two-star. He is going to get blown up. That's just what it is. You cannot ask well, somebody then, that, that, okay. Well, then don't bring him back out. There you go. That's going to be 
if you bring them out, don't bring them out in that spot. You can just bring out, like I've always said before, one of these jabronis that you always bring out. Have Keith Lee roll them over in his home state and just say, hey, Keith or Lee is back. Or have Lashley just come roll some dude over. Like, I don't care which way. Ultimately, it got... It got the match that they wanted us to see, but it hurt Keith Lee in the return, which made no sense. Like I said, it's not who, what, where, when, but why. Why did you do Keith Lee like that after keeping him on the bench for six months with no real explanation? Okay, we're not going to talk about Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. It looks like we're heading towards a a SummerSlam match. Whatever. I hope they bring Heath Slater back into it. No, no, no. So we can have a no, uh, no, he's, no, no. He signed with uh, Impact, dog. We no, he can't come over. Then they do a carrying cross vignette. So this, you know what? Let's skip past this and come back to it. So they have Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, Eva Marie, whatever. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. That's when Nikki Ash cashes in. The crowd pops. Crowd obviously loves it, but crowds like cash ins. Crowds but, like cash ins. Crowds hate Charlotte. It it was a perfect, it was like a perfect storm. I just wish they would have kind of just let this. You knew one of two things were going to happen: either Becky Lynch was coming back, which was the the one big rumor. But which I just would felt explain it. the lukewarm reception to Rhea Ripley when Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville came out, and they were everybody was saying we want Becky, and then Rhea Ripley comes out, and obviously they're disappointed. People yeah, want to see Becky Lynch. You know, it's just Rhea Ripley's just in the wrong place. I'd wrong like to time. see Becky Lynch. No, I get it, but I think Becky's in the on deck circle. I just sure. think this is just you know we just got to wait a couple weeks. Um, I don't have a problem with this. I just like I said, for me, I just would have wished they had just marinated. It was kind of like it was going to be one or two things, cash in or Becky Lynch. And when Becky Lynch didn't come out, you knew the cash in was in play. Okay. So this is the yeah, this me, is the big one. To me, this is the big moment from Raw. This is the most controversial thing from Raw is that Gary Cross, who is the NXT champion, who they have booked to they booked him in a five way against four of the best NXT talents and Karen Cross went over and then last week he went over Johnny Gargano. He gets into it with the special enforcer slash referee Samoa Joe. He chokes him out till Joe's almost dead. Passes out. Nighty night Joe. Karen Cross comes out sans Scarlet. He does not have his valet with him. Strike one. And he is in a match with Jeff Hardy, who hasn't won, who lost to Cedric Alexander in main event last week. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is post the, uh, I'll put my career on the line on, on Raw. Okay. Oh, yep. Jesus Christ. He loses to Cedric Alexander. Then he comes out to fight the NXT champion, and Karrion Cross loses in one minute, and 50 seconds with... I didn't think it was... Wow. Less than two minutes. One minute, 50 seconds is what it was officially on WWE's website. Jesus Christ. And Karrion Cross uh, or And Jeff Hardy uses the ropes as leverage, which is a big-time heel move. Yeah, that's fuckery for your ass. So, I'm going to ask you something as a white man to a black man. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> this should be good. Over the weekend... Somebody on Twitter said something about how black people love Jeff Hardy. 
and Jeff Hardy. Saying the same thing. And Jeff Hardy was trending mm-hmm. on wrestling Twitter. Yeah, like that Monday night or something. For shit. a full 24 hours. It was ridiculous. So, what do you think happened? Do you think that Vince saw that Jeff Hardy was trending and Vince uh, had Jeff Hardy goes, go over? Do you think that Vince just sees NXT as nothing? Do you think they're setting up to a carrying cross versus Jeff Hardy SummerSlam match? Because carrying cross got interviewed after the match and cut a promo like he won, but said that I'm Jeff Hardy I didn't just see that shit. You didn't see the promo? Not at well. Oh, oh, in the ring. In the ring. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant like Where backstage goes, or whatever. He yeah, goes, Jeff Hardy just made, made the, the biggest... worst mistake. It was blah blah blah. Okay, I guess that kind of. What do you think happened with Carrying Cross? And I have seen so, so many, much. I've yeah, seen so the many conspiracy people, theories. I've seen so many people try to defend this from WWE's angle because they're like. Oh well, look at all these fucking all these fucking marks out here. They're just saying that Carrying uh, Cross got buried and NXT got buried, and really this is really smart because if he comes back and he if Carrying Cross beats Jeff Hardy at SummerSlam, that means that this was like the most brilliant move of all time. And like, no. what do you think? Okay, a lot to unpack. Number one, you can't. If you're going to do Karrion Cross like this, he can't he can't be wearing the NXT championship. I guess once again, it's not Bingo. who, what, where, when, and why. It's the why. Why you do Karrion Cross like that? The biggest rumor that I see is the fact that Vince is upset that NXT lost to AEW in the ratings war, and this is how he's punishing NXT talent. This is Keith Lee aside. This is just basically Karrion Cross. Okay, so this is why he loses in this fashion. Now, the ramifications thereof. For me, I got, I got a problem with this. I got a problem with this. You don't, you don't do this shit. It would be like when Kevin Owens came out and faced John Cena, and John Cena was the U.S. champion. Kevin Owens came out and just mauled fucking John Cena like it was his fucking job. And you won, presented and won him the first match of the paper. Right. You presented him as a champion. Okay. I don't care about fucking ratings or any of this other bullshit. If you're gonna have Karrion Cross or Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole, Bebe, or whoever it is, come up to the main fucking roster when Adam Cole, Bebe came up. What was a year and a half ago? They didn't have him fucking jobbing out to fucking Daniel Bryan. They put him the fuck over. And that's what the biggest problem is, is that you had a champion in your fucking umbrella. What you think is the developmental brand or it's a third brand that is equal to NXT or the equal to fucking Raw and SmackDown, you let your champion come out and lose. I don't give a rat's ass if Jeff Hardy put legs on the ropes or not, fuckery or not. The champion should not fucking lose. He should have came in, wiped the floor with Jeff Hardy and kept that shit moving. Where's my bitch at? Now, the fact you're going to try to come back and be like, oh, let's make this. No, no, you've already fucked it up. 
Because now you got guys like Marvin Thomas on Twitter. Shout out to Marvin Thomas 11 on Twitter. Check, check him out. That's my man. Give him a follow. He's already just like, dude, I don't care what happens with Joe and Cross anymore because now you fucked this up. It was real fucking simple. How you did so well 24 hours ago, you came back and you were, if this is the truth, and the rumor is true, you were being so goddamn petty that you had to mark, you had to fucking job out Cross so Jeff Hardy can do what? Have his fucking old song come out and play, and you can make him look bad on national TV. Get I, the fuck out of here. I, I, I can't stress this enough, that when people, like, when people like us who are old, and we've been watching shit forever, like, I've been watching WWE for plus 20 years, right? Maybe more. more. Maybe more. And when people have certainly been watching it for the last 10 or 15 years, and they try to look at me like I'm some fucking idiot. Like, how how I, can like, you defend this? Like, like I've been like I, I'm just new to WWE, and they try to look at me and they say, hey, Bill, they might not say, hey, Bill, personally. Right. But they're saying, hey, Bill. Hey, bro. I hate that shit. That's my one of my pet peeves about wrestling Twitter. Hey, bro. Motherfucker, you don't know me. Yeah, but. We ain't bro. Like, even when I listen to other podcasts. Even when I listen to other podcasts and they're like, hey, you know, Vince is playing chess. He ain't playing checkers. It's like, no, he's not. He's straight up playing checkers. He's playing he's, Chinese checkers, I mean, and he don't know the, the rules. rules. And he just moves pieces around. And then when so that's when when you come back and you look at NXT on Tuesday, it's just kind of like, okay, so what the fuck? You know, we just had your champion lose to Jeff Hardy. Well, they had jo- they had Joe bring it up. He goes, "Did you see him playing hooky on Raw?" But that's all they brought it, up. Yeah, that's that's look you. I would have, I would have, wouldn't have been mad everybody if you didn't watches, bring it up. Everybody who watches NXT watches Raw. Oh or, yeah, or knows what happened, happened on Raw. And now you, you damn right, you keep him to the end. You can't bring him out. What the they, fuck are they doing? Vince doesn't care what happens on Tuesday nights, and this was no more apparent than on Monday. Whether you, if you don't want to believe the conspiracy theory that this was a punishment, then you can flip to the other it side. Had to be, that it, it had to be a. It's punishment. one or the other. It's one or the other. I don't so, care which one it is, but so, Cross looks bad coming out of it. That's not, the deal. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the guy's name, but there used to be a gentleman I've probably brought up on here before. He used to come to Jack Patrick's every time WWE came in. And he would give me tickets. Uh, okay, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You met him? Yeah, I got the I got one, I got the Extreme Rules shirt. Yeah, he's he was a cool dude. Very. And, and he came into Jack Patrick's one night. Not a sponsor. Not Jack a sponsor. Patrick's not a nope, sponsor. Nope. Nope. Give nope, me some nope. money, Kevin Lisi. <laughs> uh, he would come in every time WWE was in town, and he was sitting there at a four top. And we don't do table service, but they were all sitting around drinking, and I just I was busting tables, and I just stopped by and said hello and. I think the next night was Royal Rumble. Would have been that Royal Rumble, like, 2013, the moment Sheamus beat Jericho. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When uh, the kid was taking all of our money. The kid took our money, yeah. And they were telling me a story. Uh, there was this little guy there. I mean, he was probably five, six. six. seven, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about an oh. adult drinking at the bar. Okay. And he was probably he was a little, little brown guy. He was, like, Indian or he was... Persian or something like that. No offense to anybody out there. I just don't know what he was. He just, he wasn't white. There you go. Wasn't black. 
He wasn't white. He wasn't black. And there was a great Kali angle where they had to, like, humiliate this guy in the middle of a SmackDown ring. And Vince just sent him out there because he fucked up, like, Vince's coffee order or something. And he was like... This is in kayfabe? Kayfabe. No, no, no. No. He actually, in shoot, he fucked up something with Vince. And Vince was like, hey, you're going to be on TV tonight. And he was like, what? And they put him out there. And Great Khali, like, Great Khali had a manager at the time. I don't really remember what happened. But I remember asking him, I was like, why do you think Vince did that to you? And he said, he goes, man, and all all of them agreed. They were like, man, when you're a billionaire and... You really have no stakes that could cost or lose you your livelihood. Like, your livelihood's not going to change at all. You find different ways to entertain yourself. yourself. And so you might get pissed off at this dude and send him out there and have great Kali. Choke slam him. Yeah, he didn't take a bump. I, I, I... Looked it up on online, and I found it that night when I got home. I was like, oh, fuck, that is the guy that I just saw. I forget what the fuck they did. But ever since then, I've thought about whenever there's these mind-boggling fucking decisions by Vince. It's like Vince might have been like, you know, right before he went out, he's like, let's teach Karrion Cross a lesson. Hey, man, you're going down. What's the lesson to be taught? I don't know, man, because I'm not a billionaire. I only have $4 million in the bank account, so I'm, I'm okay, obviously so you're not a billionaire. billionaire. So, okay, we I'm can't only ask you a this millionaire. question. I can't answer for billionaires. <sighs> right. You know, why does Jeff Bezos fly a fucking dick up to fucking space this week? Because he he's can. an asshole. <laughs> no, I get it. It's just, like I said. They were like, oh, all the money will trickle down. All the money will trickle down. It's like, no, they're going to buy spaceships, you motherfucker. No shit. Not me say and we, Jace are sitting <laughs> in the fucking heat. <laughs> say, we going to Mars, motherfucker. I guess that's just where my problem is, is that ultimately... If you're going to make Karrion Cross come up to the main roster at some point, this is not a good way to to start this. Well, plus, if you're if sorry to cut you off, no, go ahead. If you're trying to sell NXT to the greatest yeah. people, then all of a sudden you've buried all of X- NXT. And when people are like, "Well, that's not a burial because they don't really because the people that watch Raw don't really watch NXT," it's like, don't that you don't you want them to? Right. There you go. That's that's where the problem is. So you're asking. So because oh would it make more sense because to put this guy over? over? Because now you will have people that would want to watch NXT. Because if he goes over, which he should have, he should just mop the floor with Matt Hardy and then be like, "Oh, who is this guy? Karrion Cross. He's the NXT champion. Maybe I should watch NXT to see more of him." So they watch on Tuesdays. God damn, he just killed. Uh, Whoever, some other jobber back there, you know, like he just killed Mojo Raleigh. Fine, you whatever. Know, something like that. You I know, who's the one of the guys that are chasing after 24-7 title? Exactly. Drag them jokers out. Yes. I mean, they, yes. I love Cedric Alexander, but at this point, Cedric Alexander would have been a much better aspect to have him go down versus Jeff Hardy go over. What does this do for Jeff Hardy? Jeff Hardy has done every fucking thing that you could do in WWE. So now that he has his old music back and he's down with black people, oh, well, now this is oh, the reason to oh. put him over somebody that's 
could oh. potentially oh. be well, on the way to well, the, Jason, the WWE champion and main event of WrestleMania. Jason, get don't the you fuck know? out of here. Don't you know they could they could uh they could shine him up no, for three or four weeks no, and he could no. be he could be fighting for the belt. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, every single excuse Elias. every single excuse. Elias, I, okay. The I, last time I checked, Jeff Hardy not was not even fighting. Elias. How about Jackson Riker? Okay, because he's a fucking Trumper. Okay, <laughs> you big time Trumper. My my life is way better than Twelve Days in a Slave, you motherfucker. So I'm saying, everybody that tries to defend this. I don't get it. You're a fucking mark, yeah, man. I you just are don't a get WWE it. mark. A, yeah, there you go. I'm a mark, but this is I'm just a mark, but you're a WWE, WWE mark. And that's what that is. Listen, can we find something that we're going to disagree about here? Because people don't tune in for us to agree uh, about sure, this no, shit. I'm sure he's getting ready to come up here in a little bit. Jason, I, uh, I've i been betting on the NBA for a couple months now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I thought you said you stopped betting. Well, I bet the other night when I was drunk. God damn, dude. But I've also been looking forward to NBA games, and there's no NBA game tonight. Yeah. Kudos, uh, first and, you know, first and foremost, you know, kudos to the Milwaukee Bucks. Sure. All kinds of credit. I really thought they were getting ready to get walked off the floor. They covered and went under. (laughs) (laughs) No. Giannis' knees got a root for them. Yeah, for sure. And I thought this was a scenario where – I really thought that Milwaukee did the things that they should have done kind of going into this series. But, you know, kudos to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll just say this. I'm a little disappointed that you lied to me because the last time we had talked about this, you said you had stopped betting on the NBA. I mean, you can, you can do what you want. You know, that's it's your life. I'm just saying you ain't got to lie to your boy. Join us for our <laughs> NBA show, Bamford for Courtside. Court <laughs> Let's get to that three count. <laughs> Jason, you're up. Let's do a shot first. Let's do a shot first, and then uh, we're going to hey, talk about... Oh, I should say, this is Mike Dolan. It's his birthday today. Shut the fuck up. Are you yep. for real? Yep. Good, good friend of ours who passed away... Yeah. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. In dubious circumstances. Love well, you, Mike Dolan. Years ago, he would have been 45. God damn. I wish he just, I wish he was still here. Kudos to Mike Dolan, RIP. I love you, brother. Um, let's talk AEW. I think that's the, was the better show between Tuesday and Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to start off opening with the first uh, trial, I guess, lack of a better word, for Chris Jericho going the labors against, of Jericho going against Sean Spears. Now Sean Spears is known as the AEW chairman. So this labor, first and foremost, was Sean Spears could use a chair at any point. Chris Jericho could not. Um, decent match, nothing crazy. Um, I, I had a little problem with how Sean Spears was not using the chair in certain spots. Obviously, Chris Jericho wins, but then MJF immediately jumps out after the match, and then this says that there is going to be a no DQ match next week against one Nick Gage. Now, for those who don't know Nick Gage, Nick Gage is. I'm not sure if he is the current champion of game-changing wrestling GCW, but he is a hardcore legend where Nick, where Mick Foley stops, Nick Gage probably starts and continues to move forward. I haven't watched a lot of his matches, but I've seen enough where I know this is going to be a nice little hoop jump 
for one Chris Jericho. What did you think about the opening segment? Uh, I liked the match between Jericho and Sean Spears. I particularly liked MJF on commentary. Uh, I, of course, th- this is what I was thinking because MJF is putting Jericho through the labors of Jericho, which is he's got to fight four matches or five matches before he gets to MJF. This is one of those things where I think to myself, this is predictable. Jericho's going to th- go through, and then he's going to fight. It's like MJF. Roman Reigns. I just need you to tell me a good story from point A to point B. I'm completely fine with that. I've I've said on this podcast several times that predictable is not always bad, and this is something that you know I'm looking for. I was looking forward to him fighting Wardlow or somebody else. Nick Gage, as somebody who's seen the dark side of the ring with Nick Gage, he's not a very likable guy. Um, and he's not necessarily somebody that I root for. I know that wrestlers always had uh, New Jack's back right. in the same way that they have Nick Gage's, Gage's back. back. He's not... I mean, I'm looking forward no, to this go ahead. match. No, keep it real. Keep it real. I mean, I'm looking forward to this match. Of I course I want to see it. <laughs> of course yeah, I want to see it. Because I think this is this could be something that could During be really... During the Sean Spears match, though, I couldn't help but thinking, man, Jericho is just getting slower and slower. And if you saw him on Austin's podcast, it doesn't look like he's one of these guys that gets older and just, like, slows down drinking a little bit. It seems like he's actually accelerating his drinking, which I'm not judging. I'm yeah, just no saying shit. it's probably not best... For I'm somebody, not doing moonsaults. Exactly. It's not something best. And I'm not saying he's drinking well before he wrestles. No. I'm just saying he he's he's not getting quicker. And he's not maintaining anything. I guess there is a better – as a Steelers he looks fan. Like a, he looks like an old man. As a Steelers fan, that's the knock on Ben Roethlisberger. He just, you know, he's letting himself, you know, go away while Tom Brady has, you know, gone – Eating while everybody else around fucking, while everybody else around him keeps getting quicker and uh, better, he just stays at the same the same pace. Which, but, and there's no, it's not a knock against that. Chris Jericho, as far as I'm concerned, has done what he was supposed to do coming to AW. He gave them name recognition. No, he no was their first champion, and he still has can bring I'll, eyes to the product. I'll be. I, I, at I'll the admit, end of the day, I'm a little surprised how front and center he is still. I think this is all about getting MJF over. And I think that's more so now his next, you know, AEW chapter is getting the and next he guy still over. still gets pops. And when, right. he, when he comes out, everybody still sings. sings. Come on. I mean, it's, it's way too easy at this point. But if you've ever watched The Dark Side of the Ring with Nick Gage... It's yeah. yeah, I mean Maybe I'm just a pussy. I don't know. I don't like Nick Gage or New Jack. I just watch that shit and I'm like, man, that is really irresponsible and fuck you guys. New Jack is easy to hate and easy to root against. R.I.P. You know, sorry, not sorry, but when I watched it, I was just, you know, you know, a lot of cringe worthy moments. Nick Gage, not as bad, at least for me, but once again, still where I want to root for him, but I, you know, a part of me just can't. I just, I'm sorry, a part of me just can't, and that's just, that's just me. You know, I want to see a great match next week. Do I want to see be? Do I want to see Nick Gage be AEW champion? Probably not. Call me what you want to. All right, moving Miro, on. Yeah, Miro cuts a promo. 
All good. Uh, Doc, the Redeemer. I love the Redeemer um, gimmick. Go ahead. Doc Gallows versus Frank Zarian, who was called the Elite Hunter. He's been called the Elite Hunter. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. No, no. No, it's not the first. No, they've said it for a few weeks. Kenny Omega and Don Callis comes out. Don Callis, Don Callis is just money. money. I mean, I don't know if he's money. I, I don't know if he's making the company money. But to me, he makes when me he laugh. comes out. It's you know now all of a sudden it, it's like Paul Heyman when he gets the mic, and it's I very love, rare. I love how he whispers something in Kenny Omega's ear, and Kenny Omega always manages to fuck it up just a little bit. Adam Page, Dark Order come out. That's fine. We're moving towards Adam Page versus Kenny Omega and next week. Normal pace, which is fight for the fallen, which. I guess if they're going to have every single Dynamite show called something, then it might everything might seem like a big deal. No, I mean, ultimately, this is a big deal. For the, for this particular angle, it's a huge deal because ultimately, if Dark Order and Adam Page win this you know elimination match, Page gets his you know title match against the Omega or Dark Order, hopefully... It would be Uno and Stu Grayson goes against the Bucks. If you're gonna do all out, it would be the same. It's it's to be the same thing like WWE is doing for SummerSlam. You're gonna put all the chips in the middle for the biggest matches, sell that shit out, get the most pay per view buys, and move it on. Brian Cage is the official babyface now. I'm cool. I'll probably say so. Cool with that. Uh, Darby Allen fights Wheeler Utah. No, no, go, go, I, I, no, I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead and finish, and then if you say something ignorant, I'm going to have to defend Willie Utah. I just, I, no, I think Willie Utah is fine. I think Willie Utah, I can't even say it. Willie Utah, it's Y-U-T-A. It's not Utah like the state. It's not like Johnny Utah. Like It's just one of the dumbest names I've ever heard. I mean, Wheeler is a good name. Just call him fucking Wheeler or just Wheeler Collins or fucking Wheeler Anderson. Who the fuck cares? Wheeler Utah? That's a fucking bad name. Anyway, the best part of this segment, and I wish Zach was here for it. <laughs> you shit. Was Sting and Orange Cassidy outside the ring. <laughs> and Sting completely put over Orange Cassidy by doing Orange Cassidy <laughs> shtick with him. And I got to admit, I rewound that shit three times. I thought it was so funny. I thought that Sting, no selling how funny it was, made it even funnier. I Oh, man, with the, the beats on the chest. Oh, I thought it was... Very well done. That's what I want Sting here to do, though. Like, Sting is so fucking serious because Darby Allen's so fucking serious, and Sting can be there to put guys over. And obviously, he's putting Darby Allen over, but right. man, that was a really funny part. First did, and foremost. Did you love it? No. You did the one thing that you you were required to do. That was the bet that uh, if you lost last week, that every time that Sting's name was brought up, you had to compliment Sting in some form or fashion. Oh, okay. 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 So right. you did it without me, you know, prompting you to do it, which is great. <laughs> Maybe Sting was listening. <laughs> Maybe he was. No, I totally agree. I didn't necessarily, and this is part of the reason, I guess I didn't, couldn't invest in this match coming in. Because this is a lot of, you know, AEW dark and dark elevation angles coming into Dynamite, which is fine. You know, he, neither here nor there. It's just up to me to watch or not, and I just don't watch. That said, that particular segment was the whole fucking match. When they came outside, I was like, okay, what's getting ready to happen? 
And then when Sting kicked it off, I was like, oh, you got to be bullshit. Oh, you got to be bullshit. And then it just came, you know, it just organically just built and built and built. You know, Sting, you know, beating on his chest, I thought was the moment where it was just like, okay, this is where it's absolutely amazing to me where I now, I know I would thought that this shit was funny. If, if you think it was funny, then that to me makes it even better just for I the thought, simple I fact thought, that it, I thought it was really funny. Just because I know how much you hate Darby Allen, I know how much you hate Sting. So you having them in that same match might not necessarily be something that is kudos for Bill, but it was just it was really well done. Now, what like I hate them. I don't want them to die or anything. No, but I just I just I get it. They're no, not trust my cup, me. They're not my cup of tea. And that's cool. I totally get Except it. Except for Darby Allen, <laughs> I hope he dies. See, you ain't shit. Um. Uh, next up, we had uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. It was a fine match. Nyla Rose still seems to me like she's pretty green. There were no, I, I wouldn't lie and say that there weren't, I'll call them bumpy spots where it didn't look smooth. The finish where is where I kind of look at it to where that to me was the best part of the match where you had Britt and Nyla kind of, you know, trading off counters and then it came up to the lockjaw lockjaw taps out Nyla fantastic the way you should have done it now you kind of get the uh the receipt for Britt Baker losing the tournament match a few months ago I saw this on Twitter today and it's it was kind of interesting to me tell me uh, Deanna Prazo, yeah, it was on Deanna Prazo's Twitter page. Kind of, I'm sure it was photoshopped because it's you know it's an all out, um, I guess background or whatever. But you have Deanna Prazo on the right and Britt Baker on the left, and then the caption is, "I beat your your guy that's on deck." So basically, like Britt Baker's next opponent is probably going to be this person. And I won't say it just yet because we haven't talked about it. I already beat this person on Saturday. And just the fact that they're both champions is, and for me, selfishly, it's a, it's a match that I would like to see. It's a part of this forbidden door uh, gimmick. Not wanting to say gimmick, but angle that I think I'm totally in for. If you're going to do something that is on the women's side, Perazzo versus Britt Baker is something I would like to see all out, you know, super card a year from now. We were talking about that off the year, something along those lines. But Britt Baker retaining is what you're supposed to do. But I guess better choice of words like Conte, Sheeta, we need to make her as more of a, a heel. She was kind of a baby face in this feud which is fine nobody likes Nyla Rhodes it's kind of like uh Charlotte I don't have a problem with that but now moving forward we have to have I mean, her going with baby I mean, faces as her opponents I like Charlotte a lot I just I, I just don't think Nyla Rose is I mean she's not she's, it's not the same Charlotte heat but she gets that she's fine she, gets, she just She's probably not. She did what she was supposed to do. She got eyes on the product. Now, at this point, we're starting to bring in this talent, this talent, next, this talent. Next segment, Andrade Elidolo comes out and announces his new manager. 
Chavo Guerrero. Now, did you pop? I didn't pop, and I was, and I didn't even know he was coming out. I tried to. I watched make it. sure I, that I, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no spoilers. When I, I watched, I popped when I saw it. When I, I watched coming I was here, like, fuck yeah, he's cool. I watch on my phone because it's the easiest way for me not to see any uh, spoilers. He came out. I was like, okay, that's what's up. Because it, if Vicky was supposed to be Andrade's manager, Chavo is just as good. Same name, but I think more so. I think they understood that Vicky probably wasn't the best manager for. Andrade. Okay, and uh, let me piggyback on that. I was looking there from a different angle, but if there was a bump to take, if um, Matt Seidel had to attack Andrade and you had to put somebody in front of Andrade to actually physically take that attack. Chavo is probably the better person. Well, he's the pro's pro. He's right. He, he's the guy that I, I I didn't really like the show Glow, but I know that Chavo was the guy, the guy behind it. He was on Glow every day, like making sure that nobody got hurt and everything like that. I know he's a pro's pro. He's Eddie's nephew. I think there's only three years difference in them. I think he was born in seventy and. Eddie was born in 67. I, I haven't looked that up. I'll say you the birthday, boy. I, I could be complete, completely wrong about that. I want to say that he was born in 70 and Eddie was born in 67, although Chavo could be Eddie's uncle. No, Jesus that's not right. Christ. No, that's not, that's not no. right. Chavo is younger now. How you want to make well, it? Well, he's 70 and Eddie's 67, if, I, if I'm correct. Anyway, Chavo being is on a television. Good, is a good way to... Well, Chavo being on television is a cool thing. And it's once again eyes just, on the product, like we all we've been talking about all all uh, podcast long. Fucking AEW, they just keep fucking piling guys up. I mean, it's and this is before you know the one count being Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. This is really before that rumor started to really heat up. That's how fast that rumor was. I watched AEW last night, and, you know, there was sprinkling of filling the blank, you know, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, yeah, they're coming over. And then today when I woke up, it really started to pick up. By the time we were recording, it is like Daniel Bryan is already in, and they're trying to get CM Punk on top of it. So you think that uh, Andrade is going to – Pull Penta and Phoenix yeah. into his orbit eventually. I kind of want it. Honestly, I kind of want all four to be a, a nice little faction. I think that man, would be the shit. That would be. That would be the faction that I would want to see go up against uh, Bullet Club, the Elite, whatever you want to call so, them. So Pack Penta, Penta Phoenix, Phoenix, and Andrade woo. would be one faction. Be unstoppable. It, it would be a, a second heel faction underneath or, you know, equal to the elite. If you, you would do Penta and Phoenix as Tell the tag team. Tell me a better work rate foursome that you can imagine. Uh, or that's ever existed. Oof. There's, um, there's not a better foursome work rate that's ever existed. I'm going to just try to keep it within AEW. You have... No, I'm telling you, you go all no, the time. No, no, no. We tried to... Well, we said we don't want to keep this under two hours. So I want to try to keep this as, as minimal as possible. In AEW right now, with the Elite, you would have Omega as the lead dog, the Bucks as the tag team. Then the mid-card guy is the question. Okay? I don't know him. 
That's what I'm saying. Who would oh, be? Oh, I thought you were saying the question was a wrestler. Yeah. Who would be the fourth? No, like ga- it's a guy named the question. Fuck you. The question mark, RIP. Stoner. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> You're stoned as fuck. No, I'm not stoned as fuck. I'm pretty stoned. Um, <laughs> the pinnacle would be like MJF. No, it's not even close. It's not even close. Penta and Phoenix and Pac put it put them over already. And then you have Andrade. All right, let's move. Look, on. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying what you to think answer about- your question, I think Pac is going to eventually move along, and that's where you get Pac versus Kenny Omega part three, Pac as the baby face. But you put a little bug in my ear having them four be together. <sighs> that when they when that's it first came out, I was like, "Oh, just why can't we just get along, fellas?" Now, that's a Survivor Series <laughs> match I want to see. You know? I'm like, "Just get along." Uh, Orange Cassidy versus the Blade, better than I thought it would be. I liked it a whole lot. I'm starting to really like the Blade, actually. Blake can wrestle. He just yeah. isn't, and he's got a great character. And I love that he wears that meat apron out. Like it looks so cool. I like Bunny and Blade together. Obviously, they're together outside the ring, but no, outside. I thought this was a good match because they set it up beforehand with yeah. the the uh, the brass knucks on Orange Cassidy on the in the Will Uta match. And then you have this match to where now can Orange Cassidy comes out. You have that little angle coming in. The right guy goes over. Everything and, works out. In the and end. then Jericho cuts a promo backstage. Dude. Says that if I'm going to fight Nick Gage, it can't be Jericho. It's got to be the pain, the pain maker. maker. And he, he turns around as the pain maker, which was his character in NJPW. And it looks like Jericho is going to fight Nick Gage as, as the, the pain maker. The jacket with the spikes. I'm seeing this promo and I'm like, is this the pain maker? No, no, no. Which is fine. I mean, if this is what you're going to do, this is why people like AEW because the wrestlers have some sort of creative control. Maybe Tony Khan did it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Jericho didn't. Nah, Maybe was, he didn't. It was Jericho's. I think I'm pretty sure this is Jericho. But more so moving forward, if you have that, you know, rumor that man management will work with you. Let if, me. Let if me, you're a wrestler, then you want to gravitate towards AEW. Let me ask you this: So, Tony Khan is what 38, something like that. He's younger than me. Oh, yeah, way younger. He's younger than me. I know. It's unbelievable. And Jericho is what, 51, 52, something like that? I think he's about my age, maybe a little older. So do you think Tony Khan ever says no to Chris Jericho, considering how much money Chris Jericho has made Tony Khan or how how on the map Chris Jericho has made him? If Chris Jericho says, I want to be the pain maker, which is basically just Jericho with Stupid makeup. I mean, let's admit. It, um, it, it no, looks, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. Clockwork orange. Uh, yeah, it's clockwork orange style makeup. But if he says to him, "I'm going to do this," you think Tony Khan says no? It would have to be really bad. How many times do you think Tony Khan has said no to Jericho? Out of ten, maybe two, maybe. I bet less. No, I'm, but I think that's part of the. 
I think that's part of the reason why AEW is AEW and, yes, and guys want to go over it's there. because they let, they let got, guys do their thing. Okay. And I'm not even there's something to be said. No, but I think there's, Tony there's something to be wants said about to, that. Tony Khan wants to be Vince McMahon, though. In his own way. Right, right. Plugged in. I just want to be Jason Bell. Why? <laughs> you don't want anything like that in your life. You got good shit going on. Go ahead. And so, last but not least, we have Moxley versus Archer for the IWGP U.S. title. Texas Deathmatch, part two. Texas Deathmatch. Um, Moxley loses. Archer goes over. As well he should. Now, I th- now, and as much as... You know, we argued about this last week, and I, I'll just piggyback on this more. I didn't argue with anybody. Debate it, if you will. I'll say this. Moxley doesn't need this title. Moxley is so over, and I get what you were saying last week, that New Japan wants somebody that is a recognizable name. I get that. But this is a chance to make... Lance Archer, that same recognizable name. How many times have we argued, or not even argued, but got mad about uh, WWE not making fill-in-the-blank that next guy? What do you think about the match? Not as good as the original, but still good. Um, the right guy went over. To me, that was the ultimate thing. I, I like the match. I wish it had been a little more... Physical, um, the end spot where you had Come the on. wood table. No, what it that's was a, that's a that's a pay per view match on live was, TV. That wasn't a pay per view match. Put it against the original, and then let's talk. That's what that to me was where I'm comparing the two. Okay, right. I'm not saying it wasn't like I said it was a good match, but compared against the original, not as good. Then ne- neither here nor there, they got the right result. Go ahead. I love the match. Then we get a Bullet Club member. Please tell me his name. I can't remember it. You're mixing it up. You're mixing it up. Huh? You're mixing it up. That's Slammiversary. No, there's a Bullet Club member that came out at the end of Moxley and... Oh, Hikaleu. I'm sorry. Um, He's uh, the... There's a Bullet Club invasion happening <laughs> on the U.S. soil right now because I won't say it's times... a, I won't say it's the uh, invasion, but Hikaleo uh, well, was uh, highlighted a couple of times where he was going to get the winner of this match. Hikaleo uh, is highlighted on M- NJPW Strong. Um, before that, he was kind of like the... I guess the third member of G.O.D. How, um, dare, how dare you tell me that I got it wrong? I'm sorry. It was a Bullet Club member. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, that's just on me. Finally. <laughs> I know more about wrestling than Jason. No, in this scenario, I'm a little surprised, I guess, ultimately where we go with this. I'm a little surprised that this happened, but once again, I think this is a scenario where we want people to watch New Japan Strong. Rising tides, full tall boats, all good shit. Uh, the scenario versus uh, WWE, where you it's just WWE versus New Japan, uh, ROH, blah blah blah, where you can have the territorial way of things, where you can have guys going from here, there, everywhere. I thought the match ruled. I was a big fan of it. Uh, I thought Moxley put Archer over huge. Yeah. 
And that's why, and that's about me, time. Yeah, by the way, for Archer, Archer to be He's that taking a bunch guy. Of losses. Yeah, and that's why I was saying last week. At a certain point, if you're going to start bringing these guys over, then you got to make it to where you you're getting something out of this. You, you know, the money is good thing, but if you want to be that guy, a champion in some form or fashion, Lance Archer is a good start to where now hopefully holds the the title for like three or four months maybe longer, and then you can kind of go from there. All right. That's going to do it for our three count. You're a nerd. Nope, wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Let me try it again. You're a nerd. Oh, that's that's all about Jason, though. I can't reach over there. Let me talk to Zach for a second. You're a nerd. Okay, there you go. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, So that's going to do it for our three count. There it is. He's got the shit label, for Christ's sake. Well, once I fucked it up one time, I just kept it going. Leaned into it. Go ahead. I ain't mad at you. Odds and ends? Odds and ends. Uh, what do you want to go with first? Do you want to go with Slammiversary or do you want to go with NXT? Slammiversary to me is the bigger story just because of what happened at Slammiversary. Okay. Um, no, so, I'll, I'll do it. Um, to please, me, please do. Slammiversary obviously is... Um, Probably the second uh, biggest pay-per-view. That or Bound for Glory. I don't care which one you want to go with. One or the other is the, the two big uh, pay-per-views for Impact. For me, it's it's tied for two stories uh, coming out of Impact being the biggest stories. Obviously, the first being uh, Kenny Omega versus Samuel uh, Callahan in the no-DQ match. I'll say this. I know people hate Kenny Omega, and I get that. But this is a scenario to me where Kenny Omega kind of goes out of, outside of his comfort zone and brings in all kinds of props Wait. into the mix. People saw Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan, and they hated Kenny Omega? People hated Reigns versus Edge, okay? So, I mean, you know, take it for what it is. All right. All right. I, I I mean, I watched the match. I have thoughts about it. I haven't seen a whole lot of Sammy Callahan matches. Probably less than 10. Okay, so then what did you think about it? I mean, I've seen a ton so of Sammy Callahan. We're probably seven or eight. Like, I'll, I'll watch them. Like, I'll catch them on YouTube or I'll, like, if there's a big match, I'll watch it on uh, illegal cable. But, I mean, this match sucked. Really? Yeah. You thought so? Yeah. I think it's a waste to Kenny Omega. I think Sammy Callahan is, like, as somebody who didn't know who Kenny Omega was five years ago, every single Kenny Omega match that I've watched has been basically great. And this was a... uh, Average? uh, not even average. It's not that it was average. It's like I was into it, but it's just it's just too uh, hardcore for me. It's like a waste of Kenny Omega's talents. Okay, I get, I get obviously Kenny Omega likes these matches because he does these matches all the time now. But Sammy Callahan is not. He's not somebody that I want to see fight Kenny Omega. After I've seen him fight, 
in okay. a couple G1s right. and right. fucking no, John Moxley and right. shit like that. Sammy Callahan is a non-main eventer to me. I'll say this. Do I agree with what your initial statement is just for the match? Maybe, maybe not. I thought the match was good just in the sense that I think the announcer said it best where this is not what Kenny Omega does. He's a wrestler versus Sammy Callahan, which is this is his M.O. You know, I agree to your match and Kenny Omega still wins. So that to me is it's like the bigger picture of Kenny Omega where every time, at least this is the way I interpret it. Every time you get Kenny Omega in the corner, he beats you. Not saying that it's going to be Paige that wins it. I'm a firm believer. It's it, To me, it's still 50-50. It, I'm, is it going to happen? Probably. I don't know who's going to win that. And I really think right now it's a coin flip who wins, if anybody at all. Now, that said, I don't necessarily think this is an indictment on... <sighs> Kenny Omega. No, it's I just not, think that I think he went outside of his comfort zone. It's not an indictment on Kenny Omega to he, me. It's an indictment on Sammy Callahan that he is fucking amateur. I won't go with amateur, but I mean he's Nick Foley or Nick Foley. He's Mick Foley. He's got a, a a niche that he can go with. I'm not mad about that. He could have killed a couple guys in that match. He could have killed Brian Hebner and Kenny Omega because And I think that's that's kind of the neither one of those pile drivers looked very careful. No, no, okay. no, no argument there. And also, I'm not a guy that's ever wrestled, so they might know more than something me. Something I don't. But I will say that that's not the match that I want to see Kenny Omega fight. I get that. I get that. Kenny and then, Omega should be Mike Tyson. Like I only want to see him fight big matches, and I want to see him fight. 25-minute matches, right? You didn't see the Don Callis uh, uh, promo after this Kenny Omega match, did you? No. Okay, clearly you didn't because I was getting ready to say, you sound like Don Callis on this one. Go check it out on Don Callis was fucking great. Well, Don Callis said during the match, he goes, Sammy Callahan's never fought anybody like Kenny Omega in his entire life. And then after the match, you know, it's Kenny, you know, Holding the bell, you know, Don Callis is yelling for, you know, doctors here and there. I'm going to get the lawyer to, you know, sue somebody, the whole shebang. Let's talk about Jay White. There you go. Jay White comes out. Okay. Now, Jay White, me and you as NJPW marks, Jay White comes out and didn't know it was coming. And I was just like, now this is where I was like, oh, shit. Right. Really? And that's a big deal. And the Good Brothers and Don Callis and Kenny Omega put up the two suite. And they go to the impact. The uh, feet kind of cuts out or whatever. The signature or whatever before Jay White can do it. Now, this, this is interesting to me. Um It's, it's so many layers. So many layers. I, I can't get in the back. I can't do it. Wow. Okay. First things first. Jay White versus Omega is an easy way to get somebody. If you want to try to, extend. I don't want to watch Jay White versus Omega at Impact. 
I don't want to watch it them matter in front of 30 you... people. No, yes, it does matter now that we have full crowds back. Okay. I don't want to see it. Okay. If I could tell you this could happen at um, Arthur Ashe Stadium in September, would you be down for it? If they allow people in there, yes. They're already selling tickets for it. So I okay. Mean, okay. Then, then I'm in. I'm okay. into it. Arthur Ashe, St. Louis. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, let's not just poo-poo it because of, you know, what what is you think is going to happen. There's Avenue. They wouldn't bring Jay White. Jason. I watched this match. I wasn't taking phone calls. I was watching this match the whole time. Okay. I was at work, but I I set set some time aside so I could watch this match. This match was fine. This is not the Kenny Omega match that I want to watch. Now, listen, I was introduced to Kenny Omega fighting Okada four times in a row. All right. So I admit that I'm biased, and I like maybe I, a little spoiled. So be it, I'm not, and I'm not mad at you for it. For sure, for sure, I would never argue with that. But Sammy Callahan is not the type of dude that I want to see Kenny Omega fight. He's just not. He's cartoonish. He is okay. Okay, downright silly okay. at points. Okay. I'll just say this, and then if we disagree, we can move on. We're going to have to. It's like every every wrestler or every boxer or every MMA guy is not going to face the same type of guy every time. In this scenario, this particular chapter, this is why it's intriguing because Sammy Callahan is so outside of the box yeah. That it's not necessarily what we expect Kenny Omega to be in. Whether right. you like the match or not, that's where the subjective part comes in. But to me, the macro, it's the macro for Kenny Omega. This is one chapter in the in the story of Kenny Omega. Sure. And, and obviously, Kenny Omega likes fighting these matches. If he didn't, he wouldn't do it. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And, so, he, and he does. But... As a fan, as somebody who likes wrestling to be presented as a as a sport, you know, as a fake sport, but a sport nonetheless, the Sammy Callahan, I just think he's so cartoonish. He's like even more cartoonish than I'll tell you what, as I used to say I used to say to all my buddies that only liked Bell and Sebastian and fucking all this pussy fucking rock. I used to say, uh well, Queens of the Stone Age is about as, as heavy as you can go, right? Like, that's as heavy as you can go. I, I can go way heavier. But <laughs> people only like Queens of the Stone Age. But it's like Sammy Callahan is just a little bit too far in the not even deathmatch, just hardcore match shit. It's like the, the fucking tax in the mouth. That means nothing to me. Like, I hate... Wait, okay, so if... I, this this is just me talking personally. Okay. I hate that shit. Like, it's dumb to me. So is this across the board, or is this just for AEW slash Impact? Because there's tax across the board, WWE... No, it's everything. Okay. It's, it's everything. No, I just... It's just not my bag. And that's okay. For me, like I said... Obviously, Kenny likes it. 
And I think this if he is didn't just, like it, he wouldn't do it. Like okay, you said. this is the guy that wrestled a doll for Christ's sake. So I mean, you know, let's well, just keep things. And I've watched that match. And that match, four and a half stars. Okay, now that's it. From there, he also wrestled a little girl. <laughs> it was badass. Um, Thunder Rosa comes out to wrestle Deanna Perrazzo. Um, Thunder Rosa apparently just today signed with uh, AEW, so she is AEW, uh, an impact, or not an impact, but an AEW signed wrestler. Obviously, I think Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa is on deck. I just, it's going to take a little bit to get there. Maybe they just do it in, in, in all out, neither here nor there. Thunder Rosa coming out. Um, other surprise guests, No Way Jose, um, Chelsea Green, and Aiden English had a nice little vignette, you know, getting ready to come out to <laughs> coming out to uh, Impact. So if you get a chance, check out Impact. Um, the last two, two matches, the women's match, the men's title match, I think they're the two that you need to check out. Plenty of little, like I said, surprises coming in now, here and there. Chris Bay is the other surprise that I wouldn't say a surprise, but maybe a teaser where he might go to Bullet Club is the other um, thing to watch out for. Listen, I'm glad that there are people that I am friends with, like Jason Cornelius Bell, who are fans of Impact. It just... Like, they need to have a I'm a little surprised, especially because of, like, shit that you find funny with wrestling. There's shit that I find funny on Impact that if you watch it, I think you would find it funny. Like Yano? Wrestle House, to me, was something that I did not think I would like, and I thought it was really fucking funny. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> okay, so we got to talk about NXT quick. Yeah. Because my wife's going to kill me. Why is going to kill you? Uh, Samoa Joe calls out. Uh, Reg- or Samoa Joe comes out yelling, and then Regal comes out. Zeely, and then we have Diamond Mine versus Fish and Kushida. What do you think about Diamond Mine versus Fish and Kushida? Uh, okay, I guess. I mean, Diamond Mine lost. Right, what, and I guess point, yeah. What's the point of having them to lose? And there you go. That's that's my biggest problem with that. You, they should go over in in some form or fashion. Uh, Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight pull up in the car. <laughs> Tell me you liked it. No, I, I mean, it's once again where L.A. Knight is supposed to be on top, you know, the the guy, and Cameron Grimes Gr- somehow, some way, just He's gets underneath no his selling. skin. He's no selling Everything. L.A. Knight. Everything. Oh, you want me to get the bags? No, pra- no problem. I, you know, I used to get the bags and, you know. Don't even mind them. And, and, and there is the twist on an old school angle. They're great. It's really fucking good. They're no, great. it's really fucking and good. And then when LA Knight comes out later, Cameron Grimes is behind him, like, hyping it up. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's Miz and Miz Dow. I, actually, I wrote that down. It's Miz and Miz Dow. Because that's exactly what it reminds me of. It's totally L.A. night. And it's not like Cameron Grimes is not over. I think this is just another way to really make sure he gets over, stays over. This is a way to put these two guys together. For the next year or so, give or take. 
six months, three months. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. It's, it's working. If you want to do it a year from now, you can do it for a year from now and just bring this up. You could do it on the main roster two years from now if you no, wanted to. No, no, What happens on the main roster don't happen on the next year. I think we kind of established, established well, that already. You're right about that. Frankie Monet comes out with Jesse Camilla and Robert Stone. She squashes J.C. J.C. Jane. God bless her. J.C. Um, Jane. Mandy Rose, I guess, is is the... It's kind of the the, the two-part problem with this. Um, she's hanging out, laying out on the uh, announce table. So, Would you have sex with Manny Rose? I'm going to go ahead and say safely, yes. I would, too. Uh, Good man. The, the way comes out. Make uh, sure you uh, get divorced first. Uh, the, way's, the way's backstage and, man... They're really good. And then we get Kyle O'Reilly versus Austin Theory, which is a great, like a, a legit great match. It was, which no, it's a really good match. Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly actually loses his mind and starts beating the shit yeah, out he, of Austin he, Theory. He flipped on him at the very end, which so is which it, would probably lead us to It furthered the story, which was good. Then we had Adam uh, Cole, baby. We had uh Legado del Fantasma. And Hit Row, and I guess Hit Row are baby faces now? In this scenario, maybe, as long as it's not a long-term thing, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Hit Row is the baby face against... Listen, I'll talk about Hit Row like this. As long as they're, you know, as long as they know their place, as a white man, as long as they know their place... You can't say that. And they think... I was going to say, I don't even know what the fuck you're going to say afterwards. You cannot say that. As long as Hit Row is funny. (laughs) There you go. Better choice of words. And they know their place. No. no. As a white man, (laughs) as long as they know their place. Oh, Jesus. Okay, Vince. Do you think people actually listen to the podcast and know that I'm joking when I say shit like that? It's okay, uh, Corey. When I went outside last week, Corey doesn't know that you're joking, and I was, and I had to literally like, you know, he's like very sarcastic. He has a dry sense of humor, so you have to know when he's joking and when he's not. And Corey's like, I don't know. He, I don't think he likes me. I don't think he likes me. I'm like, who? Corey. Uh, last Friday when I came up there um, to uh, Jack Patrick's, not a sponsor, and. I came there very late. It was, I was, uh, yeah, exactly. I was fucked. And she was all like, you know, Bill doesn't like me. The it was a chick. Yeah. Oh no, I don't like her. Um. So then we had uh, Guess Andre. I'm wrong. <laughs> Andre Chase versus Odyssey Jones. Uh, let's say this: Odyssey Jones is a bad wrestler who is too green that has been brought up too quick. He reminds me of Mark Henry, good, bad, or indifferent. He just re- he reminds of me of Mark Henry. Of course he reminds you of Mark Henry. He's a fucking 5'11", 300-pound d- black dude. No, I don't think he's bigger than that, but is he green? Yeah. Do I expect him to win this? That's like me I expect telling him- you, you remind I expect me to- of Gary Payton. <laughs> Do you remind me of Gary Payton? I expect him to, make to um, at least make it to the finals, at the very least. L.A. Knight versus, or I'm sorry, MSK cuts a promo where they're getting ready to say what MSK stands for. Motherfuckers. And then Imperium cuts in. And I got to say that if you're Imperium and you're talking about 
how shitty the rest of the tag teams are. And you mentioned the word purity because you're German. That's pretty good. I like the I like the fact that they cut into the the promo just for the fact that it's like, oh, what's MSK stand for? Nobody knows. So it stands for and then Imperial comes up. Obviously, this is going to set up a Imperium MSK feud. I'm down for it because I think all four guys can get in the ring and go for it. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's stop using the word purity, though. Like, it makes it sound kind of Nazi. I think that's maybe part of the reason why they used it. L.A. Knight versus Drake. Drake wins. And L.A. Knight makes Cameron Grimes. (laughs) There you go. That's the only part that I liked about this because he made him do it, and then he did it. And then after that, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) And then we had Raquel Gonzalez versus Lee, which is... No, I won't say that. It was was a fine match. It was a fine match. The ending was the kicker because... Did did Zia Lee get hurt or not? And if she did get hurt, that might be a... So you think that was a shoot? Because she took another gut wrench power right. bomb. Okay, I think that was probably... She did not get up after that twisting Vader bomb off the so corner. Here's the thing. If, if somebody is hurt during a match, they usually move the camera off the person. Which well, they kind of did. No, they didn't. They they kept the camera on her no, and Raquel and Gonzalez was moved in to the, the corner and then they was they kind of did a tight shot on Raquel into the corner. Well I'll say this. Raquel Gonzalez's uh Vader bomb, the twisting Vader Vader bomb looks pretty rough. Like I liked it until I saw ZOE not get up from it, and there's the problem. It would probably break my ribs, and I'm a strong man. I thought it was, you know, ZOE got the wind knocked out of her, and then she still didn't get up. All right, and then we have Karrion Kross beating up Regal while Samoa Joe is out there. What do you think? Please talk. Jason. No, I like it. No, I like it. I'll be. I would. I would be. No, I'd be lying if, if I didn't talk. No, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But still, a part of me is kind of like I look to Monday, and Monday is a black crowd. Does Does it make me excited? Yeah, because I want to see what happens next week. But you fucked over Karrion K- Cross, and you didn't have to. It's Jeff Hardy. It's Jeff Hardy. He's so mad. This is it's Jeff Hardy. Hey, we got some birthdays this week. Oh, uh, shit. Here we fabulous go. Fabulous Moolah. Definitely dead. Sorry. She's, she's 98. Still alive. I just checked it. No, she's definitely dead. David Von Erich is 63. HBK, Shawn Michaels. Dead and alive. Shawn Michaels alive. David Von Erich, dead. I remember the obituary when I, I read that back as a kid. Thank you very Fandango much. Fandango. Definitely alive. 40. I love Fandango. Kenny King is 40. Tozawa is 36. Tori Wilson, alive, alive, alive. Tori Wilson is 46. Alive. Zach Sabre Jr. 
My dog. 34. Angela Greatest Dawkins. Greatest wrestler alive. You want to guess Angela Dawkins? Uh, 36. 31. Mm. Finn yeah, Balor is 40. Roderick Strong is 38. Didn't Marty talk about Finn Balor. Marty Skrull. You want to guess? 42. 31. Jesus. Tessa Blanchard is 26. Doink. The original Doink. Is 64. Dolph Ziggler is 41. Hunter Hearst Helmsley is 52. I think he's still alive. Hangman Page is 30. He's definitely alive. Noam Dar is is 28. Nick Jackson is 32. And Sammy Guevara is 28. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. For Two Beers, Zach Pullman. For Check. Christopher Murray. For Check. Murray the Murray Man Murray. For Lucha Chris. Bo. For Vice. Yep, yep, yep. For Check. Bill's Beer Company. Double Check. Everybody, support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Double Check. That's Jason Cornelius Bell. Please I am Bill bitches. Veggie and everybody. Check. You got to boo the heels. Boo!